0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's The Score, Sports Radio 670. It's inside the clubhouse. I am Matt Spiegel, live right here in Chicago. Bruce Levine is live in Mesa. And Chris Bryant is addressing the media for the very first time. And we will carry it right now on 670 The Score.
1: Um, nope. <laughs> Is there any thought at any point that you might not be here? Obviously, yeah, with all the craziness that's going on, but I'm totally kept out of the loop on all that stuff. So I've always expected to be here, and I am, and I'm very happy about it, I'm ready to get going. Um, pretty cool seeing everybody in the clubhouse, and um, really looking forward to get going.
2: Chris, can you take us through this offseason? What's it been like? Have you been trying to ignore any potential rumors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's been pretty easy, too. I've had a lot of doctor's appointments and baby stuff and getting a nursery ready and all that. So it's been really easy. But uh, I guess lately, as you get closer towards spring, it's kind of like baseball mode is on, and it's kind of like you see more of it. I guess, um, so that's been a little difficult, but um, other than that, you know, it, it, I mean, I guess there were trade rumors last off season too. And, you know, going through that, I understand as part of the process, as you get closer to free agency and everything's up in the air. So I understand it. And um, I just really try my best to tune it out, it's hard. It's really hard, but. what do you do, just ignore the, reading about it? Ignore the internet or? Oh, yeah. Ignore all of you guys and what you guys say. I mean, I, uh, I made it a point to, obviously, Twitter is completely off of my phone since two years ago. It's the worst thing that ever happened to this world. Um, and then Instagram was gone off my phone last year. Um, but obviously, I have friends, they send me screenshots of what you guys say and stuff like that. Um, so I've seen stuff secondhand, um, but I really try to avoid it.
3: What about your communication with uh, Theo and kind of uh, just separating the, the truth from you know, exactly what's going on and him having to run a business at the same time? You know? uh,
1: I guess, what are you asking?
3: I mean, was there communication between uh, both sides both during the winter?
1: Um, well, obviously through the whole process there was, and then he texted me about a week ago. Um, but there wasn't much, and I didn't take it as a bad thing or a good thing. I mean, he's got stuff he has to do. He's got to get ready for the year. He's got a busy job. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just like any other offseason in terms of communication. <coughs> um, but yeah, I mean, wasn't much. But like I said, it wasn't a bad thing.
2: Uh, what was your uh, reaction to the the eventual result of the, the grievance hearing, and, and and also just how long it took?
1: Yeah, geez, I um, that took forever. <laughs> it really did. I, I at at the beginning of it, I was told that it would take maybe a couple weeks. So I was, you know, I was ready for it. And then I just, the offseason kept going on. I'm like, all right, just come out with the three points. Let's go. Like, I mean, obviously, I knew it was an uphill battle going into it. Um, and I, I've always, you know, thought that. And, you know, it was just me. I mean, obviously, we had a disagreement. Um, we handled it respectfully. Um, I'm very thankful that Theo and the team saw it through. Um, I saw it through to the end because, you know, it was something that I really believed in and I believe that, you know, um, I, my, my mom, dad has always told me to stand up for what I believe in and I was going to see the process through and I saw it through and um, respect on both ends. I mean, there's definitely no hard feelings, so let's definitely put that, that narrative to bed. I definitely saw a lot of things out there saying... Oh, there's ill will towards the team, and then there's another one saying there's absolutely no ill will. It's like, okay, well, where are we getting this from? Like,
2: that was mine.
1: Okay, maybe it was you. I don't know who it was, but it's like, um, the only person opinion who's matter matters here is mine, and I'm right here in front of the microphone telling you guys that there's no hard feelings whatsoever. I mean, I completely respect this organization and everything that they've done for me, my family. Um, giving me an opportunity to play the game that I love every single day. Um, I just saw this as a process that is eventually going to help the players in the next round of negotiating, and I was going to be that guy to have the courage to do it. And I know there's going to be backlash for it, and I understand it, um, you know. But it felt it was really important to me to stand up for, you know, what I believed in and what we as players believe in. and you know that's a good thing and like i said there's no hard feelings at all do you
2: think, you think there's so a way, way to rewrite that rule so that there's, there's <laughs> manipulation?
1: well yeah at least less i think manipulation well it, it, it's kind of like what's it going to be is it 6 years or 7 years like there really isn't like um like a hard set rule it's just like gray area so it's like let's let's i think the next round, it's like we need to find a way to make things that are more black and white so that we don't have Things like this happen, you know, because the team doesn't want to go through it. I mean, Theo doesn't want to have to make decisions like that, and you know, cause I wouldn't say problems, but just like disagreements between players and front office. And I'm sure the pli- I didn't. I don't want to be put in that put in that situation either. So let's just make it black and white and uh, make things a whole lot easier.
2: But did so you do view you it as like
3: putting like? The, Having agreements against the the rule and the system more than the Cubs is that kind of what you're
1: saying? Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this is a total bar- bargaining issue, um, and it was just the team that was kind of I don't know the messenger and how you know how it played out. Um, so that's how I viewed it. It was never like I hate I hate the team. I hate this. Like it, it's absolutely ridiculous seeing things like that because that's not who I am as a person. That's not what I represent. I never hold grudges towards anybody. I don't believe in that in my life in general. And I'm always preaching that to my friends and family when they're in disagreements. Like, you know, it's easy for me to get over things, move past things, because it's just life. Like, I just want to be happy, you know? And I saw this as, look, I have one chance at my career, and I'm trying to put myself in the best possible situation, you know, because I'm not getting any younger. I'm only getting older. And this is, you know, if if obviously it would have been great to win, but you know I lost. We move on, you know, and know her feelings. For playing we're playing baseball. Were you surprised by the decision? Disappointed? No. Like what? Were there
2: emotions involved in
1: that? Yeah, I flipped over tables, and I. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Theo got face to face. No, I mean, I guess maybe a little bit of emotions because it is your your career, your livelihood, you want the best, everybody wants, everybody thinks everything's just going to be rosy and that you want the best possible situation for yourself but at the end of it, you know, I was like it was an uphill battle the whole way, we had a great case, I mean probably the best one ever if you look at 2013 2014 and the spring 2015, so you know, I, I definitely felt that responsibility to take it on and be like I'm, I, I want to be the guy that You know, fights for this because I believe that this is right and it's going to help us in two years. Uh, But I always knew it was an uphill battle, and no, I didn't flip any tables or any of that. I mean, it was very respectful from the very get go. Um, And like I said, I'm very thankful for the team to see it through. I saw it through. Thankful for the arbitrator. I mean, everybody, you know, was very professional along the way, and that's the way it should be.
3: Chris, you've uh, you've always said you'd, you'd like to stay here as a cub for your career. And I've heard you and family members say that. Yeah. Uh, do you see a clear path going through that could that could happen here over the next couple of years to, to I, get that going?
1: I don't even know. I mean, with all the stuff t- the talk going on right now, it's like. I, I think I've always had the stance that yes, I want to play here. I love the city, and it's so. I mean, the biggest thing with this whole, the trade rumors that has disappointed me is the fact that I feel like people, not everybody, but the main reasoning behind it is that let's get rid of him now because he doesn't want to be here in two years. He turned down this monster extension well north of 200 million. And I'm like, well, where was that? I never saw that. I mean, it's just these rumors and sources and people just saying things and it's like the only thing that matters is what comes from my mouth and never once have I said I never wanted to play here I mean I'm pretty sure you guys can go through all the recordings all the interviews I've always said I've respected everybody in this organization everybody in the city the fans like you we have it so good here and of course I would love to play here
3: do you see a path you know with the front office
1: uh they have to stay like, here for your I don't know I don't know their plans or whatnot but in terms of like I, uh, if there's if if I'm holding anything over them or they're holding anything over me like
3: <coughs> kind of
1: yeah I mean I there's a lot of money in this game I mean I, I think I think you look at the teams that want to win and want the best players and the Cubs are definitely the top of the leaderboard there. And I want to win. Uh, we've won here before. And any message that we've ever got here is all about winning. So of course, I want to be a part of a winning organization. Can you
2: just talk to Theo and them and say, hey, let's get something done now?
1: I I mean, I like I've said, ever since the very beginning, I'm always open to it. I'm always here to talk. I lo- It's fun to talk about stuff like that. Because like, like I said, it's a city that I love so much, people that I love so much, fans. Teammates, everybody here that I'm so comfortable with, like it's like, of course you want to be here, you know. But I don't, I don't hold those cards, you know. I just go out there and play third base and left field and right field and center field and first base and
2: <laughs> do what I do. Does going, through, does going through a process like this sort of make you more or less incentivized to follow along with the negotiations that are going to come up over the next two years? Absolutely,
1: to. absolutely. I mean. Um, it's definitely going to be some tough negotiations and you know but i think it's it's good for us to go through stuff like this um you know you identify the problems that you see and you try to make it better and you know this last round i think we as players really got took a whooping and you know it's up to us to fight for things that you know we think are right and definitely going through this process i've learned a lot and um, I definitely will be a voice in terms of speaking on my situation and just everything that I've learned along the way, and you know I, that's a good thing. Chris, what are your general thoughts? It's not just you and the, the rumor mill. Mookie Betts was traded. Francisco Lindor, superstars being traded for what fans perceive as just financial reason, reasons. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, I, I I guess I feel better now that I spoke up on my situation and kind of. Rumors out there that I've seen about myself that um, just are flat out untrue. Um, it's kind of hard because it, it's a fine line. Like some of, I mean, kind of, I, we're robots, baseball players. I mean, we don't really give much emotion when you guys talk to us, and uh, I don't know why. Maybe because you have 162 games. There's a lot of inner you know, of talking, and it's just like, okay, let's get this over with. Like, I'm gonna go home and eat, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I just I, I felt it important to kind of get up here and really give my feelings on certain things, and I'm glad that I'm. I mean, I'll, I'll take your questions all day and talk about this stuff. So, but in terms of like the other guys, um, I I don't know if I can speak on their behalf, and I don't think any of us should unless you hear it right from their mouths. Well, as a guy that's involved with the, the union, when you do see guys like this basically get salary dumped, and guys like Lindor on the market, guys like yourself getting, being out there.
2: Um, is that good? Is there anything good for the game about that? Is there anything that's not bad for the game about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you look at the teams that are acquiring them, too. It's like the Dodgers are doing all they can to win. They really want to win, and that's kind of admirable. Like, they're really going for it. You know, they traded away a a really good outfielder that really helped their team last year for what maybe one year of Mookie bets which they saw as you know a chance to get them a World Series and um, I mean good for them I wish more teams would kind of follow that in terms of you know really trying to win and go all in you know um, you know but I don't know I, I can't speak on behalf of the teams and so I just kind of give you my opinion on what I see and that's kind of what I see from the Dodgers is they're really trying. Chris,
0: you, do you feel like you reps weren't trying or what?
1: Like oh, um, well, didn't do much. And but I guess I saw some quotes the other day about what Theo had said about <laughs> this year and how where we're at in the tax and you know he saw this coming and. Stuff like that and I don't know. I don't I mean I, I like the group we definitely have. I think we have a ton of talent, a lot of a lot of really good players that I guess underperformed last year as a team. Um, and looking forward to this year I think of course it would have been nice to add people but I don't know who we would have added to make it better. But I, I believe in this team that we have and um, I think we really need to show what we have. Cole.
0: You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670. The score, of Chris Bryant, addressing the media live in Arizona.
1: I mean, I certainly would have loved to see Nick. I mean, he's a good player. I love I love watching his at-bats. I got a, a front-row seat. It's really, really awesome to see him go about his business. Um, Reds are going to be good this year. I mean, our whole division is going to be good, you know. So it's going to be up for grabs for anybody. But, yeah, it certainly would have been good this year. See some of those guys back, but that's how it works sometimes, you know. But like I said, I, I really tried to stay off out, out of baseball stuff this off season as much as I could, besides the screenshots that my friends and people would send me that I didn't necessarily want to see. So thank you, people. I don't know if they're watching this. What no. thing, what what thing, what
3: aside do from you? ignoring social media, <laughs> were there activities that you did to just kind of clear yeah, your I mind did. What, what kind
1: I um. Of I took guitar lessons at Guitar Center. <laughs> How's that going? It's good. I love it. It's very peaceful, relaxing. Um, I've been joking with my wife. I'm like, I've always told her my kid's not gonna play baseball, but he's gonna be a rock star. He's gonna, I'm gonna put a guitar in his hand. He's gonna take singing classes, piano, whatever it is. But I'm sure he'll probably, my dad will probably give him a baseball bat. <laughs> Forget about all that. Chris,
3: do you think uh, that the owners are, are using the luxury tax now as a quasi-salary um, yes. cap? Yes, I think it's it's a practice in a salary cap.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, certain teams are less likely to use it as that, but definitely, and um, it's a shame to see it being used that way. But uh, again, like like I said earlier, like as much as this this part kind of isn't great for us to see, it's. Maybe we need to experience this and see how bad this really is, and fight for stuff that we see needs to be changed. And certainly that—that that was something that has been brought up a lot. And um, you know, you can't fault every team, but it certainly see, seems to be like a cap.
0: Chris, you—you you said or you referenced 200 million and all that stuff, and.
1: Well north of $200 million Right. And yeah.
0: And plus, I mean, I mean, on the record, I mean, as far as you know, you have not turned down some mega thing
1: over the <laughs> No. Because <a> <laughs> no. people have reported. Like, like I said, I was like, where are those ba-? like, I've never seen them. Never. I'm so, I, I, I know that came out, I think it was last year. And when it came out, I think I was on the golf course with my dad. I'm like, what? What the heck is going on? Like, at the time, I feel like, okay. You know, I'm gonna let this slide. Like, there wasn't trade rumors and people weren't. I mean, there were, but it wasn't like, get rid of him. He doesn't want to be here. He hates Chicago. He hates Theo. He hates the Cubs. He hates every. Like, and I'm now I'm like, okay, I need to stick up. I mean, like, I love it. Like, I love everybody here. Love the city. Like, it just it's part of the game too. People just talk, just talk. And whether it's true or not, we're just chucking darts darts at a wall and maybe something sticks.
3: So uh, Scott being your agent, you know we know how, how great he's been and how effective he's been. But does that work against you in some ways because everybody assumes that you won't take a long-term I, deal before you're a free agent?
1: I think people look at Scott's the best at what he does, right? I mean, as much as people hate him, he really fights for you, and you might be the worst baseball player ever, but he's going to tell you you're the best. And you know that's what his job is supposed to be, and I think he understands that. You know he's going to get a lot of, you know, whatever blowback for how he goes about his things, but that's what makes him the best, and um, he really fights for you. But I'm my, I, I, am my own person. I make my own decisions. I, um, you know, I, I hope I don't come across as arrogant or greedy or any of those terms because that's not who I am. It's not what I believe in. Um, you know, so, and Scott's always told me the same thing. He's like, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. He's always said that to me. It's never what he wants. It's like, what do you and Jess and your family want? That's what I'm gonna do for you. And you know, that's always made me feel good, but you know, I do kind of think he gets, he definitely gets the brunt of everything and he, he handles it well, but Scott and me, I have my own beliefs and thoughts and things on things, certain things. You know he's he's he works for me. He does an unbelievable job. But at the end of the day, you know he always knows that what I say goes. Chris, I, I assume when you were playing ball in high school and college, you weren't thinking about the business side of baseball as much. Was oh. it was it when you didn't get called
2: up for opening day? Um,
1: that that, that you know? obviously that plays into. it, But even then, like I was still naive to the fact. I was just just my jaw was on the floor. Like in the big leagues, it's like. This is a dream come true. Like, it still is a dream come true, but you see some of the other things that this game brings along and, you know, the not fun side of this game, but it's all about trying to find the ways that you can bring yourself back to when you were eight years old in Little League or high school or college when it was just about playing baseball. And that's, I think I've had a better focus this offseason in terms of, like, looking at things that way. by going through things like this, it really kind of opens your mind and your heart and really why you play this game. And you know, if I can put all this crazy stuff, the, the, the trade talk, the, the grievance stuff, and all this other stuff aside and just go out there and play and have fun and not worry about the stupid stuff, like, that's where I want to be. And that's where we all should be.
3: Theo said earlier, with all the trade talk, that he hadn't given you any assurances. Do you think you deserve one, at least for opening day, that you're going to be training here? So
1: you can focus. Um, I would like one. I, I mean, I would. I guess I would like to be in the loop a little bit. Um, and it's safe to say. I, I mean, obviously, they don't have to keep me in the loop by by any means, you know. But I feel like I've I've earned a little respect here and just how I go about my business and just who I am as a player and a person too kind of sit down and have talks like that, and who knows, it might happen, I, this is my, literally, I just having you know, I pack my locker because I have to talk to you guys. Which Chris. is a good thing, but, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll happen, but it would be nice, but, hey, I'm going with the flow, man. Are you first Whatever.
3: and foremost hopeful for a healthy year just because the last couple of Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, two years ago, I, I would consider that, uh, not super healthy, but last year, I was fine. I mean, I think, it, I, I don't know how many games I've played, but I think anytime you play the majority of the games, you're healthy, regardless of any nagging injuries that you have. I mean, if you're able to play, you're healthy.
3: But the knee and the ankle are, are fine. Mm-hmm. And, and you,
1: yeah. Yeah, good. I'm good. I feel good.
3: I think you said at the end of the year, you're going to work with some. Yeah. That. That oh, yeah,
1: doing? just extra physical therapy at the end of the year, which is good. It feels good. I feel fast. feel good
3: how's Jess doing
1: she's good she's good she's ready to uh, (laughs) she's ready to get the baby (laughs) no I mean like if if anything this offseason has really like baseball side like it's been unbelievable like to have a this happen and like I'm just seriously so excited
0: How's your perspective waist changed, waist? changed with that? How is your perspective changed about to
1: become a dad and all these things you're talking about? Think about things differently? Um think about things differently. I guess a little bit. Um it's just more excitement. It really is. Like I'm like begging my like my wife's like so tired at the end of the day. I'm like, let's go to the baby show, let's get them all the clothes, let's do this. Like I want them to have the coolest co- shoe collection, like you know, <laughs> wear them one time and they're gonna be gone. That's what everybody told me. Um but no, it's just it really just puts things in perspective, it really does. I mean, all this stuff going on right now is obviously part of the game, but it's like I'm gonna play for, well, I don't even know how long, ten more years, and then I have the rest of my life to live with family and people that I love, like it's way more important to me, so um, I, I mean, I don't want to use the baby as a, like a good, like, good thing to, like, all this trade stuff and all this stupid stuff, but I got this baby, like Obviously, I'm going to love it for what it really is, but it's just, like, it's really helped me. He has really helped me take my mind off things. That
0: is Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs addressing the media for the first time there in Mesa, Arizona. There's a lot to talk about there, a lot to react to there, and we want to talk about it with you here on 670 The Score. How mature and candid is that guy? Goodness. And he always was mature beyond his years. But consider everything that has been thrown at him in terms of news and rumors, no matter how he tried to stay away from it all offseason, and things that are just flat-out untrue, um, situations he used as the face of a grievance by the Players Association, Uh, What a lot of people might register as disrespect from his own ball club, he clearly did not register that way. And oh, by the way, he and his wife are expecting a baby for the first time. And Chris Bryant just continues to to show you what a professional athlete can sound like and be like in the face of all of that. Pretty amazing. Let's talk about 312-644-6767 is the phone number. 670-11 Six seventy eleven 11 is how you can get to us via text. I'm Matt Spiegel. It is Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine is live out there in Arizona and will join us after the break and when uh, KB is finished in full. And we kept rolling. We will keep rolling. If anything of consequence comes, we will certainly carry it and bring it back to you. In the meantime, lots to talk about on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score, this hour of which is brought to you by Four Winds Casino.
2: No matter what side of town you're from, no matter what team you root for, if it's from Chicago, we've got you covered. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is 670 The Score. Dominating the Chicago sports landscape for nearly three decades. A Radio.com sports station. Hey, sports fans, it's JR from WagerPro.com. And guys, boy, do I got some unbelievable news. I've got a two-team college basketball parlay happening today. And I'm telling you, we're going 2-0. The point spread winner of the big matchup between the Irish and the Blue Devils. That's Notre Dame-Duke. And we're also going to have a big move on the Illinois Rutgers game. 2-0, absolutely free, on a simple 30-second recording. Call this number right now. 800-499-3733. That's 800-499-3733. That's 800-499-FREE. WagerPro.com, guys, we're the number one documented handicapper in the country. No one even comes close. Year after year, all we do is make our clients money. Call this number right now. I'm telling you, I'm going 2-0. Huge matchup. Notre Dame-Duke, I'm telling you, love the game. Call now and get this point spread winner free on my recording, along with the winner of the big matchup between Rutgers 17-8 and against 16-8 and Illinois. That's 800-499-3733. 800-499-FREE. And look, here's how it works. When you dial the number, 800-499-3733, you listen to a 30-second recording, and you get both point spread winners absolutely free. And, guys, we are documented over 80%. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it is documented, and it is 100% on point. See for yourself, the winner of Notre Dame, Duke, and Illinois Rutgers, on a short 30-second message. Call 800-499-3733. That's 800-499-FREE. Now, look, guys, I got to tell you. Right now is the best time of year to exploit this unbelievable marketplace that really is ripe for the taking. At wagerpro.com, our portfolio management is unlike anything you've seen. What I mean by that is very simple. When people contact us, not only do they get incredible information that is documented if you're doing business with me directly, over 80%, but the strategy that we're implementing with clientele I'm telling you now, you've never seen anything like it. The books don't stand a chance. Now, I'm going to show you this absolutely free. I've got two winners. I'm telling you, I'm going 2-0. I've uncovered something huge in both games. Notre Dame against Duke. It's free, and it's on a 30-second recording, along with the big winner. Guys, huge matchup. Illinois-Rutgers. Love the game. Call right now. Both of them are free, and I'm going 2-0 for you. 800-499-3733. 800-499-3733. 800-499-free. Now look, this is step one. Get the two winners on the recording. Sign up. Now you can either just take the two winners and hang up or stay on the line and sign up. For our $99 monthly charge, which right now at wagerpro.com. Guys, it's going to go to $199 and then $299. But if you get in for the 99 you grandfathered in for life. Every month, 30 games. You get a game every day. Best bet of the day. Documented right there on the website. After games tip, we post them. They're over 60%. Check it out. Go to wagerpro.com. But first things first, get this 2-0. Notre Dame, Duke, and Illinois Rutgers on my recording. 800 499 3733. 800 499 3733. You can check it out at wagerpro.com. Make sure you download the Wager Pro app and sign up for the member login service at wagerpro.com.
0: Ready to own your first real home? The road to unrenting can get a bit rocky. It takes a reliable partner to right wrong turns. That's the role of a realtor. An expert voice of reason helping you navigate the rigmarole of real estate. A trusted ally who knows and represents your rights. So you get all the right guidance on your journey home. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are.
2: You love the...
0: I gotta tell you, as host of Inside the Clubhouse, I am very honored and feel very respected. That Chris Bryant waited until the beginning of our show to address the media out there in Mesa. I mean, when he said in Arizona a couple weeks ago, or excuse me, in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, I'm going to wait till I get to spring training out of respect for the Chicago media. That's one thing, but to wait until nine o'clock on the button, Chicago time, so we could carry it live for you here on six seventy the score. That is a level of of caring, empathy, and respect. I just I just did not expect. Good morning, everybody, and welcome inside the clubhouse, which now gets rolling in earnest. And we'll talk to you all morning long. We'll, we'll do some White Sox for sure. But KB is the biggest news of the day. And he came out and said a lot of stuff that we need to react to. He kept talking, as a matter of fact. Is he still talking? As a matter of, no, I think he's done. I think he's done now. But he kept talking and we kept rolling. He unloaded on the Houston Astros. Folks, top of the hour, top of the 10 o'clock hour. You will hear anything that we missed from KB, which was worthwhile. He talked about David Ross a little bit at the, uh, at the end as well. But he went hard on the Houston Astros. So add him to your growing list of players disgusted, exasperated with the Astros and willing to say so. Trevor Bauer with a rant for the ages yesterday. Cody Bellinger went very, very strong for the Dodgers. And a lot of people. um, Bryant saying what they did was disgusting, that they would still be doing it if they didn't get caught. He thought that the uh, punishment was weak. Overall, and uh, should the players have been punished? Absolutely. I think it's worse than steroids. So Bryant called the Astros scandal a disgrace to the game. The whole punishment was weak. So it's quite an interesting moment here in baseball as the Astros tried to apologize and all of baseball stood up and said, that sucked and we didn't buy it. So among the things we will discuss. But if you missed any of Chris Bryant from 9 o'clock, know this. He said that Twitter is the worst thing that has happened to mankind. It's pretty strong. I mean, a lot of stuff is, I mean, bubonic plague was bad. Or wait, to the world, he said, right? Not to mankind. Twitter is the worst thing that has happened to the world. Well, that's a, there's still a lot of stuff like meteors and hurricanes, right? I mean, all kinds of disasters. Said he learned a lot from the grievance. There are absolutely no hard feelings whatsoever. Debunked that completely. I don't hold grudges against anyone, was said along the way. Um, he said there's a lot of falsehoods that have been out there. To clarify what some have uh, heard and interpreted incorrectly, he said, man, I remember reading about that I turned down a contract extension well north of $200 million. Where was that? I never got that. That doesn't mean there wasn't a contract extension offered. That means there was no contract extension well north of $200 million. Uh, He understands the trade conversation. He tried to stay away from it, but understands what Theo's doing. He did say he would like to be in the loop right now. He was asked, was asked about between now and opening day will you would you like an assurance that you'll be here on opening day he said it'd be nice but he'd like to be in the loop i feel like i've earned the respect and uh, we'll see how that goes. A lot of times players are in the loop on that, but some of them have been in different kind of scenarios than the one that Chris Bryant is in. Our man Bruce Levine is out there in Mesa, and Bruce, just kind of um, after a commercial break, encapsulating it for our listeners, just how how mature, how candid, how classy Chris Bryant was in that press conference.
3: Yeah, uh, Matt, you know, no one should be surprised by that. I mean, uh, we've seen that for the entire five years that he's been a Chicago Cub. He's is Honest, and he's uh, is emotional, and he's true to his word as any player that I've ever covered in my entire career. So uh, th- this was no surprise to me to hear this uh, refreshing Chris Bryant, this very emotional Matt at the beginning, tremendously emotional and angry to the to the uh, hilt that he can be about what he considers erroneous reporting about turning down two hundred million dollars, not wanting to be a cub wanting to be out of here uh, all of that stuff that uh, he and his family had to deal with on the peripheral as uh, they spent the off season in Las Vegas so it it was interesting i mean he he's always interesting he's always honest and uh, i i get from that that uh, you know i don't i don't think we have any real conclusions as to whether he's going to stay a cub or not I think he deals with reality as good as anybody else. I don't know what your take was.
0: Yeah, no, I I I think he he deals with reality. I think that um you know, it, it, most Scott Boris clients do get all the way to free agency and that's just the the nature of the beast, but you know, any any of the things that have tried to demonize Bryant personally or demonize what his objective have been, I think they've mostly failed. Uh, you know, if there have been fans who've uh, who've been upset or or thought about how Bryant perhaps should be traded, I, I you know, I think it's been on on a baseball level of what he does or does not do as as a baseball player. There's nothing personally that Bryant has done. To make anybody want to say, get him out of here. He right. should be gone. He's done nothing to deserve that.
3: Well, you know, there's that lack of uh, run production. That uh, I mean, I mean, he scores a lot of runs because he's on base a lot and he has that opportunity to score a run. But there's there has been some disappointment in 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 driving in runs. You know, the the old stat of you know actually RBI mm-hmm. and the fact that. Uh, batting second and without a true leadoff man over the couple, last few years, I think that's impacted his numbers. But there, there is a thought out there that he's not the uh, productive OPS guy. But if you look at the OPS, even in bad years, it's tremendously impressive because of the amount of walks he yeah. takes. And when he does make contact, it's a double or a home run. So from all of that, um, you know, I, I, I would say that, um, you know, this is still – you know, at 27 years old, Matt, going into his salad years of uh, production, you know, 26, 20, they say 28 until mm-hmm. uh, 32. I mean, the sky is still the limit for Chris Bryant. If people are disappointed in the play that he hasn't lived up to the numbers of his MVP year in 2016, I get that. But don't think that the that it's over for Chris Bryant and and he's leveled off as a player. Um i would i would hate to think that 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 uh, people would Write him off at age 28.
0: You know, and, and the thing is, Bruce, the stuff that you bring up about baseball, there's room for conversation. There's room for nuance there because it's baseball and the best in the world are great four out of 10 times. So there, there's room to talk about it. MLB's top 100 just came out at MLB.com. Um, the first Cub is Javier Baez at 23. Bryant's at 34. That's an, it's a phenomenal ranking for a wonderful player, but there are players above him. So we can talk about that stuff. But in terms of the rumors or, or him, contributing in any way to discord or a desire to be traded or anything. He debunked all of that hard, and there's no reason to believe there was any smoke to any of that, correct? Right.
3: Uh, The the one thing I did take away, uh, and there's a few. Obviously, he's a a staunch uh, guy when it comes to the union, and he's going to stand firm for himself and his mates. Uh, We understand that. He is the player rep for the Chicago Cubs. So he is uh, – he, he's not going to fold up when he's asked questions about the salary cap uh, being there in ex- not in real existence but in practice, mm-hmm. according to him. And the, and also the reality that um, he, like many stars in the game, have a responsibility. And and Greg Maddox told me this about 14 years ago when he was going for another contract, maybe 17 years ago. And he said uh, – I said, do you need to – be paid the, the most of anyone in baseball and he said i have more than enough money for me my family uh generations of my family he said but it, uh, i have a responsibility to other players that are coming in the future yep so if people say that i'm one of the best in the game he said matt that i have to get paid uh Compensatory money—that—that's exactly that, you know. And that—that's my responsibility. It's a small union. We have a short working life, and other people paved the way for me by sacrificing. I have to stand up for them. And if people don't understand that, they should understand one thing about uh, players: in their union, they are the most unique group in the entire country. And the reason is, is that they are not, not only workers, they are the product. And in any other union, that is not the case. You are a worker, and if you don't play, there is nothing to watch. So therefore, you're being paid as an entertainer, and you're also being paid as a worker. And it's, and it's really a defining thing when you think about it, why they get paid that much, and why they're you know, pretty much like any Hollywood star.
0: Yeah, he made it very clear that his actions in terms of the grievance were because of the role he could play in helping the players in the next round of negotiating that it wasn't about his hard feelings, it wasn't about anything he was trying to prove versus the Cubs specifically. He was he was the right tool to be used in that way. Bruce, we've got to take a break. We'll come back and there's some stuff I want to ask you about in that press conference and for anybody who missed it, we're going to give you some of the stuff, especially towards the end, the Astros stuff that um, that, that Chris Bryant said. We'll do some of that towards the top of the hour. Right now, it is Inside the Clubhouse on 670. To score, about bottom of the hour, was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Kickstart a romantic evening at tonight's home game. The first 500 couples to enter Allstate Arena receive a box of Fannie made chocolate and a beautiful rose. For tickets, visit ChicagoWolves.com. Right back on Inside the Clubhouse on the score you're listening to inside the clubhouse on 670 the score i am matt spiegel here in chicago bruce levine is out there in mesa bruce uh, we heard from Chris Bryant. How was his demeanor? Anything you can tell us about the body language or any of the non-audio portion of that Chris Bryant press conference? Uh,
3: pretty angry at the beginning, you know, about the, the fact that that him and his family had to listen to a bunch of things that he knew what were not true uh, in the off-season about turning down the two hundred million plus uh, that he doesn't want to be a Cub anymore. Um, you know, never heard from his mouth all the five years he's been here. Other anything other than wanting to stay with the Cubs. He understands the reality, Matt, uh, that uh, he could get traded. He might get traded. Maybe he will be traded before uh, the deadline, depending on where the Cubs are at in the standings and if there's been any negotiations to get him further along toward a long-term contract. But uh, he understands the reality of uh, the business of baseball more than anyone else. You know, Coming up in the top of the hour, Matt, we're going we're gonna to hear more from Chris Bryant about the Astro scandal, and he was very, very strong in his condemnation of uh, the way the Astro players handled the situation yesterday.
0: Yep, and uh, we'll take your phone calls as well 312 644 6767. White Sox fans will have room for you next hour as well. Uh, I believe Eloy Jimenez is going to get there today. Um, Jose Abreu, already there, right, Bruce?
3: Yep, and, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so, so they'll, they'll be uh, – yeah, we're going to have plenty of White Sox talk as well as we go toward the uh, top of the 11 o'clock hour So so. Uh, Taking your phone calls and your thoughts on Bryant and the White Sox at 312 644 6767. And you can
0: text us at 67011 as well. Some questions coming in that I've pulled and we can address as we go on, Bruce. Uh, by the way, the MLBs, uh, the top 100 ball players in MLB, the first White Sox player to come, Yasmani Grandal at 42. Uh, Joan Mancada at 60. I guess they want another year. Uh, but then at 95, 96, and 97, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, so pretty, pretty decent showing for the White yeah. Sox to get you know, that many amazing in.
3: Amazing that Jimenez is uh, in the top uh, 100 having only played, you know, four months in his career. So uh, that that's a player to really watch going forward as far as is this a 50-60 to 60 Home run hitter.
0: Highly thought of. All right, it's inside the clubhouse and 670, the score. We will step away, come back, and take your calls all next hour right here on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?